Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswald. I'm Meredith Salinger. Oh, we have so much to tell you. Today. We really do. I have a story that embarrassed me highly. Really? You want to start with that one, or can I start with mine? I hate when you say, "Do you want to start, or do I want to start?" Well, then, then start then. Go. Ugh. Well, now I don't want to start. Go ahead. Well, you guys, are we fighting already? I've talked about this uh, before on the show. We've talked about uh, Meredith's. Uh, Munch, uh, Munchurian candidate. He keeps um, calling thing. it Munchurian candidate. Really, it's just I'm a target of advertisers yeah. and or anything that looks like anything I might want at any time. <laughs> if she sees something, she wants it, especially if it's sweet and yummy. So last night we were watching a show. I will not say what it is because it's going to be one of my picks at the end of the episode. But we're watching a show together, and at one point a character uh, purchases some ice creams, and um, – she had to. We had to pause the TV so she could run downstairs. And no, grab. the guy came on. We're watching, and he he walks in with ice creams into the scene. He goes, yeah. "I bought some ice creams." He's holding them in his hands. Yeah. One of them is like a ice cream cone kind of ice cream, like a nutty buddy looking thing. Yeah, like you could get it at the market. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I remember that <laughs> I had actually the other day bought something like that that was in our ref- freezer, and I saw it, and I looked at you, and I go. I'm sorry, I have to pause this for a second. Yeah. And you were like, what? And I said, I need to just go get one of those ice creams. <laughs> yeah. So she goes downstairs, gets the ice cream, comes back up, finishes it. Oh, no. Then the don't. scene oh, continues. No. Oh, no, please And they're don't. still eating the ice cream. No, and she no. said, excuse <laughs> no. me, uh, we got to pause it again. Ran upstairs, got herself another ice cream. Honey. So there you go. Now. <laughs> oh, no. I know was... what you're about to say now. And I'm and now you're just, you're embarrassing me. But no, go I'm ahead. No, I'm not. But, and this is just, it's fascinating and I think it's delightful. Okay, go ahead. So before the show, we, we before we got to the studio, we Before went this to, show today that we're recording right that, now. That we're recording. Uh, we stopped at a Starbucks nearby. Uh, I want my, uh, my English breakfast tea with honey. Meredith says, oh, you know what? Give me the smallest size cappuccino they have with 2% milk. Great. Tall cappuccino, 2%. Uh, she gets it. She asks the barista, do you have uh, sugar in the raw? She goes, oh, yeah. How many do you need? And now, keep in mind, she got a tall. That's the smallest thing they serve. First of all, for I just an aside, mm-hmm. I hate that they call it a tall. I know. Small, medium, large people. It throws Why everyone. Why do you have to be that person? You're like, you're so... What's that word with the people who go to Coachella and they're just so dressed up and, like, need to be that person, you know, with the hat and the braids and the leather and the feathers? What? It's just so it, – the word is not pretentious. I'm not looking for that. The mm-hmm. word is like, like, oh, God, we're so cool and artsy. Like I think it's pretentious. Whatever. Small, medium, and large people. Why? I, I want to – what size do you want? The smallest. I don't come here every day. Starbucks right. is not my – I don't. I'm not a person who walks into a Starbucks. Generally, I make my own coffee at home. Why? Why? Like for the average consumer, nobody knows your lingo. 
I don't know your lingo. They gotta learn the lingo. Venti, triple decker. Tall, tall grande venti. Ugh, whatever. Small. So, I wanted a small. Uh, she gets that and um, then asks for, do you have sugar in the raw? Yes, how many packets do you need? Perhaps one, because it is the smallest cup we give you. <laughs> uh, I need four. And and we both, n- neither of us reacted, but you could see there was a, like a moment of Oh my Four. God! Are you thinking the barista had had judgment on my? Not ch- judgment, but there, no. But there was a there was more of a it was a body language like a pause like four, like okay, and then um and indeed, uh like Jeff Goldblum in the Fly when they go out for a cappuccino, she dumped all four of these. Stop for one second. What? Just stop for a second. I don't order from Starbucks. I don't know what this cup needs. I've never done the concoction, the the exact recipe, flavor, You've coffee never to been sugar. To a Starbucks. Listen, I've been to a Starbucks. My point is, I thought I needed four. They're very small packets. It's not like I'm not that small, baby. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I I and can I just tell you something? Yeah. I'm drinking it right now, and guess what? What? I made it too sweet. Yeah. No kidding. You basically made it yourself a cup of ice cream. Just buy a <laughs> scoop of coffee ice cream. That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> so then, after that. We go up to the studio, and I'm commenting because the studio is in Burbank, and it's I used to live in Burbank, and I have a lot of my favorites in the neighborhood. And I looked well, way down the street and see, uh, oh my God, donut prints. And I go, and I say to the woman who is greeting us outside, oh, you guys are close to the donut prints. And um, Meredith literally said, donuts? Where? Like, like I had spotted a deer. She was so happy. And I feel like when we're done recording this and we're coming home, we will be stopping at the donut prints because I have now implanted the word, the idea of a donut in her head. Well, of and course. Now, we and immediately when you were like, donut prints, and I was like, where? And you pointed to it. I was like, I said immediately, we're going there afterward yeah, and I'm getting I, a glazed I mean, donut. Yeah. Because you said it was a good donut. There's good donuts at the donut prints. I know. They're not a sponsor, by the way. No. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, we just like a lot of stuff and we talk about it occasionally and then it makes me feel like, oh God, does everybody think like we're doing an ad, but we're not. Yeah, Donut Prince isn't giving us any of his royal, he is not opening up the royal coffers to give us any of his donut bucks. So We're just saying they make good donuts there. Um, since we're speaking about food, mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk about Christmas gifts for a second. Oh. And my mom was asking what we would like for Christmas. Yes. And honestly... I don't really want anything. You don't need anything. But what I do want, and this is now what I want from my best friends and my mom (laughs) and my dad, what I do want is them to make me their specialty dish because, as everybody knows, I don't really cook. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't cook. But my mom makes the best spaghetti sauce and the best best vegetable soup and the best latkes, which, by the way, you had to miss – Hanukkah because you were not feeling well and so I went to my mom's by myself and she made latkes for me and then I was like I should probably bring some home to Pat and Alice because Alice loves them yeah so I she's like how many do you want so I took seven home thinking like she'll have two you'll have two I'll have two and then you know whoever wants the last one can have it we'll fight over it and uh, you, like, went on tour, and Alice goes to school, and what am I supposed to do? They're just sitting there. They're just sitting there. Looking at you. Luring me all yeah. day long, going, I'm in the freezer. Yep. I'm in the freezer. So you, you know what know I did? What did you do? I ate them. Hell yeah. All, all of them. Over the course of three days, you know, but I did eat them. 
It's weird how you say you don't really cook. However, the times you have cooked, like your like your homemade carrot cake, have gone spectacularly. Right. I know it's an ordeal for you to cook. I know that making that carrot cake was well. That's what it is. This is the thing. It's not that I can't cook. It's that I'm lazy. I don't like to have to get everything out Mm -hmm. and mix it all up. And cook it and then clean all the dishes afterward. But when you made like toad in a hole, those were delicious. Yeah. No, those are when easy. You, that's easy though. Yeah. But like still that's. That's freaking bread and an egg. Come yeah, on. But there's still. A, there's a, I'm talking like, you know, chicken and bolognese or whatever. Ingredients and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm saying if you ever do end up putting your mind to cooking, I bet it would be spectacular. It would be. Because I'm good at everything, but I just don't do it because I'm lazy. That being said about the Christmas thing, I was talking to Alice. And I was like, Alice, what would you like for Christmas? And she was, first of all, could this kid be better than any kid on the planet? She literally was like, I don't really want anything. I don't really need anything. And I was like, I know, but it's Christmas. And I want to get, I'm going to get you something. So what, what do you want? And then she's like, honestly, mom, I don't. There's nothing I really want. And we're driving while we're having this conversation. And we pass this huge tree. And she goes, you know what I want? And I said, what? She goes, I want to climb that tree. And so I was like, you do? And she said, yeah. So I pulled over. And I was like, let's climb it. We were on our way somewhere. But I was like, let's take a detour. Yeah. So we... So we, so I sent you, I, I texted you pictures of her in front of this tree. We will put it on our Instagram. It was one of those primordial, huge, massive, 100-year-old trees. The, th- the cool thing about Alice is she will literally climb any tree she sees. Yeah. She's a tree Up climber. Up she goes. She Up loves she goes. It. Yeah. She's so cool. And she likes experiences over objects, which is a, a really nice rare that, Because thing. that's what we like. I'd rather go do something and have an experience than to get an item. Exactly. Same. And also yeah. yummy food. And yummy food. If your mom makes that goddamn bolognese, anyway, that's the only Christmas we need. Anyway, I'm proud of my daughter for not wanting any presents except to climb a tree. But that being said, we're gonna have to get her something because her you something. can't get your kid nothing for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. She's not really a gamer. Whatever. All right, let's move on. Out. Um, well, should oh, we take a break or? No, I don't want to take a break because there's oh. one more thing I want to talk about. Go ahead. Does it, does it tie into the foods thing? It ties into gifts. Okay. Because you know that I'm obsessed with backgammon and I want to play all the time. And, oh, yeah. And I have to, like, force Alice to play with me. Mm-hmm. And did I tell you that – did we already talk about the fact that I played with this little girl the other day who's, like, six – and she's like a shark. I think I talked about it in the you last episode. You sat her down and taught her the rules and she just yeah, took so to we it played. immediately. That being said, I have many cool backgammon boards. Yes, you do. A bunch. Like one one in every room. Right. So I can trick someone into playing with me. <laughs> or rather beg. Like, you want right. to play backgammon? Please, come on. Just one game. Right, right, right. So I have this board and it's so great looking. It's light blue and dark blue. And it has really cool... Uh, checkers, mm-hmm. except it had yellow checkers, and mm-hmm. I don't like that color combo. Right. So I was just like curious. So I looked online, and you can buy colored checkers, mm-hmm. and I bought pink pearl, and the board looks so much better now. <laughs> and now I want to play on that board because I didn't want to play on it before, because I didn't like the yellow and blue combo. That was the that was that secret agent looking board. Yeah. In the in the metal briefcase. Anyway, Very doesn't cool it look better? It's my it's it my color cool. combo, blue and pink. So you had you did a hot rodder version of of backgammon. I did an upgrade. Your I did a yeah. oh I used to love that show, Pimp My Ride. Was that an MTV show? Yeah, I don't know. I think so. You pimped your backgammon. I pimp pimp your backgammon. Pimp pimp your gammon. Pimp yeah, pimp your board. 
don't know. Should we take a break? Yes, immediately. Oh, hey, guys, we'll be right back. Hey, we're back. I texted you a picture, Meredith, of a rest stop in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw that picture. I did. I looked did. at it. So I do a lot of uh, traveling, uh, and I've, I did a lot of driving up and down uh, 95, across the 70, across the 40, where they have... I've been driving along 95. Yeah. Well, they have a, these Where huge, is that? 95 goes up and down. Well, there's two. There's a 95 up and down the East Coast, and there's a partial... 95 that's on the west coast until it turns into the five outside of some anyway big highway systems a lot of times for long distance travelers have these massive uh rest stop islands where it's not just you pull over and it is in the middle of the big highway system you pull up into the it's like like a little mini city where there are you know big truck stop areas with showers and showers oh hell yeah you ever been in a, a truck stop with showers no yeah you rent a shower what it's all about keeping yourself clean on the road. And there's many, many restaurants and sometimes even places to stay. So some of these places, I guess, they really try to decorate themselves and make themselves look homey and nice. And um, there's a picture of a rest stop somewhere in Idaho. I don't know where. And I'm going to be in Boise in 2022 doing a gig. So maybe I can try to figure out where this place is. But this goddamn rest stop, they have decorated the inside where it looks like Jurassic Park, basically. It, it, there's rocks and palm trees and so for the long haul trucker on who's been living on speed and funyuns for five days he can have a little um uh steven spielberg dinosaur adventure while he's hallucinating i just i just love that they have decided someone all it has to be is functional i need to pull in i need to fill up my car but this I need one to get to, and they were like we're I, I know all they need is functional, but we're adding something cool to this. And there's something kind of beautiful about it. It was called the Oasis. The Oasis. Well, the, a lot of these things are just called traffic oasis. That's like a, a general term for right, it. But, but they, they made, made it look like an actual oasis. I know. Isn't that crazy? And there's a, there's even like a, 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 a snake thing in there with glowing red eyes. So I guess maybe like a Garden of Eden feel. Look, a lot of these places end up having like... We had religious undertones to them. You're what, pulling what, over. What? Yeah, there's a lot of like murals of Jesus and a. What? Oh yeah, for a lot of long haul truckers, there's that. There are chapels. Really? Where you go in and have it's services. Like, I got to get in here. Dear God, I'm going to run this truck off the it's road the... and kill five people <laughs> while I'm doing it. I always. I've, I've been on the road too long, and I need to talk to a priest who's going to calm me down and not have me road rage the person in front of me. Is that yes. why? Well, I always feel like after the collapse of society, the first outposts of humanity will be these a lot of these rest stops the humanity will rebuild out of a lot of these rest stops because they're so self-sufficient they have all the stuff you need there and someone will be the king of whatever that rest stop is and then welcome travelers and trade goods and whatever yeah to i mean restart society all the apocalypse havens really are like a walmart and a target exactly yeah i mean but, but i and the one of the reasons i was really struck by this oasis this idaho traffic island oasis was there was a gas station still there i don't know if the, if the restroom still looks like but at the corner of la brea and beverly whenever i would go to the the, the new beverly to see movies there was a, a gas station nearby that sometimes i would use their restroom and i don't know it was a little gas station with a little quick mart and for some reason the dude that ran this place i think he was a middle eastern dude really decorated the hell out of this 
restroom. And it's a gas station restroom. But you went in there, ionic columns, like a Greek thing. He had done a Trump Loewe painting a on what? the wall. A, tr- a fool of the eye. Trump Loewe. Like Trump? Trump. Trump Loewe. Oh, I, I, you tr- said, fool of the eye. Sorry, my brain went straight sorry. to Trump. So that you're like looking at this like Grecian garden and then there were hanging plants. And um, I don't want to. Statuary. But it, it felt so mocking, like, I just need to come in here and take a piss. And it's like, your majesty, welcome right. to, and it was just the weirdest thing to see in a, in a, in a gas station bathroom. Well, during coronavirus, when nobody was going anywhere and nobody wanted to travel or go on airplanes, people were taking vacations where they could drive places so they didn't have to get on an airplane. Um, yeah. And you and I did go somewhere, which was six, a six hour drive, um, and I was so worried about having to stop to use a bathroom along the way. Oh, yeah. Because I was afraid to go into, like, one of those places that might, you know, be mm-hmm. filled with coronavirus because we didn't know everything back then. And so I bought those things on the internet. <laughs> this is embarrassing. But, boys, you've got your little thing there that you can just whip it out and go well, to the it's bathroom. It's not that little. <laughs> You've got your teensy tiny little thing there that you can just whip out and go wherever you need. And girls are like, listen, if you squat, you're going to get it all over your jeans. Right. It's just very hard to aim. So they make these girly things. Mm -hmm. Um, For lady truckers. For lady truckers. It's like a little funnel type situation. Mm -hmm. And then they also have one that's like a little catch me if you can kind of a funnel thing where you just pee into the thing and then you throw it away anyway we did have to stop and we did because you had to go to the bathroom and we were like found a truck stop and we went and we walked in and the line was like a thousand people yeah and the and the truck stop area was filthy it was just gross like the floor was wet, it was disgusting, and so I was like, "There, I can't." First of all, I have to pee so bad, I cannot wait in this right, line. Right. And second of all, it's gross. And third of all, I bought that thing, but I was like, "Oh God, how am I going to use this?" Like I didn't right. even. I was so scared. I was so embarrassed. And and anyway, it was one of those things that catches it. Yeah. So I had you keep guard That's outside right. the car, mm-hmm. and I like covered myself with. Blanket <laughs> and used it, and it actually worked. And I was like, "Oh my god, this thing works!" And it was like easy and clean and perfect. And anyway, good invention. Uh, I'm just saying, guys, if you want to show to sponsor you, if you want to maybe give us some money, oh I don't dear, forget the name of the, the product. But Meredith is an enthusiastic endorser <laughs> of the of funnel this product, the pea funnel. <laughs> um, when I'm when I'm grossed up by the lower class denizens of uh, the trucking world. I always use my road funnel. So I would like to segue this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, into something not disgusting. Into something else. Yeah. Which is, it's still on the same lines of you being on tour. Okay. So you are going to all these places right now because you are on tour for your comedy show. Yeah. And uh, every month you have a residency here in California, in Los Angeles, at the Largo. The Largo. And... It's the best venue ever, and it's awesome. And when we first got married, I was all excited to watch your shows mm-hmm. because, you know, we just met. <laughs> it was new. It was novelty. It was new. new. I was like, is he funny? New toy out of the box. So I'd go. But I realized after watching you the third time, it was the exact <laughs> same. You know, you're, you, do, you do the same set. Um, 
you do like a set and then you do your Netflix special and then yeah. you do a new set. Work on new stuff. So right now you're working on a new set. Yeah. Which is cool. And I haven't heard any of it. I know one story you tell, right. but I haven't really heard your set at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't go to see your show at the Largo because yeah. I'm just, I want to wait. I know you're doing a big show on New Year's Eve and I'm going to be with you on New Year's Eve. And so I'm yeah, going to wait, wait to see the whole show. However, we have these, uh, we have an adorable couple that we are friends with. Mm -hmm. And they texted you the other day, and they said, hey, we bought tickets to your show this Sunday. Which I would have totally comped them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's not what it's about. All right. We bought tickets to your show. And then I, who doesn't normally go to your shows, mm -hmm. wrote, this is a text exchange. Okay, go ahead. And it, I wrote, oh, perhaps I will come as well and sit in the audience with you guys and watch your faces as he makes fun of me. Ha <laughs> ha. And then you wrote, you are barred from the venue, Meredith. And then I wrote, dude. And then I gave you like an F you emoji. Yeah, yeah. And then the girl of the other couple was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. I don't think he's joking. And then. Hang on. So you think the Wait, tech... just right. be quiet. God. So then I said, I don't think he's joking. And then you wrote, see any emojis in my text? Question mark. And then I gave you like a mad face bit emoji. And then you wrote, oh, my God, that's the new do I stutter? Meaning, see any emojis in my text? Did I yeah. stutter? That's funny. Yeah. And then I wrote, I'm waiting for, her name was Claudia. I said, I'm waiting for Claudia to post her emoji now, which was like, oh dear, they're fighting kind of a thing. And then I wrote, Patton, you're scaring them and you're embarrassing me. And Claudia's like, I'm loving this. And then you wrote, quote, insulting them and embarrassing me, which is a uh, from... Indiana Jones, and the Harrison, Harrison Ford says that to Kate Capshaw and says, you're insulting them and you're embarrassing me, which is funny because you like to, anyway. And then you wrote, all right, my plane's taking off. I'll get back on the thread later. And I wrote, bye-bye, safe flight and F you. <laughs> and then Claudia wrote safe travels and I wrote, love you, I mean it, but I didn't really because now I was mad. So anyway. But what were you mad about? Okay. That's the exchange, guys. So you're like, and then I called you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't believe you just were like, you're banned. You're barred from the show. You're like, honey, I was joking. I, how did you take that seriously? Okay, but. Why would you take me going, you are barred from the venue? Obviously. How is that Okay, serious? listen to me. Obviously, you were joking. No, not, we're, not in quotes. That is an obvious joke. Okay, you were joking with another couple, like the four of us were on a thread together, you yeah. were joking, but I could feel the energy that secretly underneath that you actually didn't you want me to come. Were, that was coming out no, of you. It wasn't. You were putting that there. No, it wasn't. Because it was. then I said to you, you, I said, you actually don't want me to come. And you go, honey, I'm joking. I'm like, yeah, but you don't want me to come. I can feel it. And then you said, well, I mean, you've seen the show. You know my material. I don't think you'd think it's funny. Now, that is an admission. That's an admission that underlying... Your joke was actual, a, a thread of truth, a little seed of truth that you, in fact, didn't I want me to come. I so disagree with okay, that. Okay, people, you guys, please. Clearly, he's like, I mean, I didn't think you'd want to come. And that's clearly like, don't come, haha. So anyway, bottom line, the day came. You did your show. I didn't go. You were too tired anyway. You didn't. You said you didn't even want to go. I didn't want to go. You had a very long day. I did, and I wanted to hang out with Alice, and I actually didn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, you'd been out since like 4 a.m. the night before. Correct. I didn't. Oh, and I'm going to tell that story in a oh, second. Oh, boy. I didn't want to go, 
But they were like at the show and they didn't see me. And they're like, where's Meredith? And then I think that they were like, holy shit. I think they're. No, they don't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They're both performers. They both realize sometimes you don't want the other person there or you don't want to be performing stuff to someone who's already seen it. You get self-conscious. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. You've seen a big chunk of it. No, I have not. Because a lot of it was... Okay, let's stop fighting. I want to talk about something. Hang on. Yeah, let's stop fighting because I might lose this argument. I'm not going to lose the argument. I just think people are going to be annoyed with us fighting. Okay. Or will they be fascinated? Well, I think they've already got the gist, and Mm -hmm. I think everybody's pretty much on my side. And so... (laughs) (laughs) So, let's uh, move on. You said I was out the night before till four in the morning. Well, you were awake till four in the morning. You were out till two. I was out till two. And I couldn't fall asleep till four because it was a crazy night. Yeah, a lot of endorphins all rush. Yeah, but I wanted to talk about two fun things that happened at the party. No, one fun thing that happened and one very embarrassing thing. Oh, dear. The fun thing that happened was it was a big, it was a party. There were lots of fun celebrities. Mm-hmm. My friend Retta invited me to come as her date. And we were having a great time. And we were like sitting in a little area. Mm-hmm. And there's a DJ, like he's right behind us. And um, there's loud music playing, like you can hardly hear anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, through the crowd, there's lots of celebrities there. But one guy we saw was that guy Derek Huff. He's the little, he's the dancer guy from a dancing show, America's Got Dance. <laughs> What's the show? America's well, Got Dance. No, 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 dance. no, no. It's not that show. It's you know, uh, celebrities dancing, dancing with the stars. That's what it's called. Sorry. You sure it's not called celebrities dancing? <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Sure. Dancing right. with the stars. Sure. So so anyway, we saw him through the crowd. Mm-hmm. And Retta and I were like fascinated because on the dance floor, there's all these super cool people like dancing and being all sexy right, on right. the floor. But he like knows how to properly dance. Yeah. So we were like watching him because he wasn't on the dance floor, but he was just standing with his girlfriend slash wife. I don't know if whoever it was. Mm-hmm. But they were just dancing. And then he like did a little like dance move and I was just thinking oh god I want someone to I want him to dance me like I want him to do the thing where you like spin the person out and spin them back like I wanted <laughs> right. to dance when I was a little girl my mom used to teach me how to swing dance in the kitchen oh. anytime we'd be in the kitchen together we would like start humming anyway and we would dance to that song we'd sing it and dance to it and i'm really good at that kind of dancing swing dancing i love it and so i saw him across the room and i looked at retta and i'm like i need him to dance me and and she's laughing like ha 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 and then i'm like i'm going to go ask him to dance me and i went up to him and I was like, will you dance me? <laughs> oh my God. And he did. And I spun around and he did. What dip- kind of dance was it though? Like, was it a specific kind of dance or? He was just spinning me around and oh. dance, like ballroom dancing kind of thing to whatever mm-hmm. the beat of the music was. And you know, he like spun me and dipped me and all that. And I, it was the greatest thing ever. I had so much fun. I wish you would dance me like that. I don't know how to dance. I know you don't. I'm going to need to find a boyfriend or something who can come with me to these things who will dance me. You're allowed to go find a dancing boyfriend. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Um, So that was the fun thing that happened at the party. Now here's the embarrassing part. Here we go. So I'm sitting with my friend Retta, and uh, we're having the best time, and it's super loud and super crowded, and in front of us is Dwayne Wade. Do you know who that is? No. He is a tall, handsome, very famous basketball player. Okay. 
Um, he's married to Gabrielle Union. They're the cutest couple. Oh. They were on the dance floor just being all hot and sexy. And Gabrielle is ridiculously gorgeous. The two of them are specimens of yeah. beauty. It's redonkulous. Yeah, yeah. Like they're offensively handsome. Yeah. And meanwhile, <laughs> Kiki Palmer was there also. He's also that gorgeous girl who's hilarious and talented and oh, stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these all these sexy people are on the dance floor. But at one point, Dwayne left the dance floor and was talking to the lady who was hosting the party. Now, it just so happens that the lady who was hosting the party has known me for like 20 years and somehow always tells me, every time I see her, she's like, we're related to each other. And I never know how we're related. Mm -hmm. But in any event, she's talking to Dwayne Wade. And all of a sudden, they both look at me. And she points at me. (laughs) And she goes, we're talking about you. And... It's so loud. Right. And I'm and and I kind of look at her with questioning eyes. And then Dwayne goes, We're talking about you, like to repeat her. Right, right. And then now let me just preface this by saying, in my life, uh, I've had people be like Shaq, for instance. Mm-hmm. When I, I met Shaq and I were friends for a long time. When I first met him, he's like, I know you. Mm-hmm. Because he knew a movie I did. He's like, I know you. And then we became really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um so it's totally normal that I assume they're pointing at me. They're saying we're talking about right, you. Right, right. And so they both go, we're talking about you. And I'm like giving them the look like, you're talking about me? Like <laughs> what? Moi. Like moi? And then they're like, yeah. And they give the head shake like, yes, yes. So I look at Reddit and I'm like, oh, my God, they're talking about me. And so I got up and I walked over to both of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm all adorable and cheeky. And I'm like, what are you talking about me about like totally like smiling right right and then she goes no the dj behind you and i was like oh my god no no and then i looked i was so mortified i was so mortified it was so embarrassing because the dude the dj was literally like literally behind me like right behind me how did you recover from that did you just peel off what did you do? no so then i just i just looked and they go oh my god i thought you guys were talking about me that's so embarrassing and then i looked at Dwayne, Dwayne, and i was like i'm meredith nice to meet you (laughs) um i'm like well that was embarrassing and then he smiled at me and he's like i'm Dwayne." whatever however he said his name he's so cute and then um and then i just like smiled at both of them and then i walked back to retta and i go oh my god i'm fucking mortified (laughs) (laughs) all right let's take a break we'll be right back wow Okay, guys, we're back. Hey, we're back. And if you were listening to some earlier episodes, uh, you will remember uh, Meredith and I talking about do we or do we not attend our daughter's basketball game at her school. Um, Alice tends to not like to be observed, especially when she is in a athletic endeavor. However, it was the most fun game I've ever been to in my life. She had her first game. uh, It was invigorating. And we said, let's go and we'll support her and we'll be cool. And it was, you know, the parents of the school watching and, the, and then they were played. I was so wired um, by this game. It was genuinely amazing. Uh, these two girls' teams going at these each other. These are 12-year-olds. 12-year-olds, but kind of aggressive. 11, year, 11, 10, 11, and 12-year-olds. Like real cager energy, like um, some really uh, – the other team – what drove me crazy about the other team was – they had amazing drive. Their offensive drive was great, and then their shooting was so bad. It was like if you would just 
breathe for half a second and aim. They never once aimed. The funny thing about this is that it was a home game. So it was at Alice's school. Right. So we're there early and we're watching Alice and her team kind of like practice. Right, And like just do like silly. They're really cute. They're in like little white I was going to say costumes. They're in little white uniforms with blue stripes. They just look adorable. Um, And then it's time for the other team to come. Yeah. And all of the girls, they are in these super they were tough super looking, dark blue. Black. But it no, they black. were black. No, it's, they were. It was navy blue, but they, but they, uh, we thought it was black. It lo- looked soup. They were okay. They were dark, whatever. Black uniforms. They looked so tough and ominous. And they were walking in like we're gonna kill these kids. <laughs> they just had this look that they were like gonna demolish. And I was like, oh they're god. They're like a little nod. They're kind of like being. Like, they have go. this strut like we're tough. You're mm-hmm. dead. And. uh I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah, And um, it ended up that we, uh, Alice's team, killed them. Like, they got like three. It was like 97 to three. It wasn't well, no, 97. The other it was team like, did not get into double digits. I think they only got nine. Yeah, but what we did we get? Like 20 or, or 30? Yeah, something like that. Um, anyway, it was such an amazing team. But the greatest part was one of her friends, who oh, is God. the tiniest girl in her class, she's teeny bonini. But this kid has personality and is so fierce and adorable that she was guarding these tall girls on the other team. But what she would do was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. She's a nutsy pop. She's literally the size of a Smurf. And the the these other girls were huge. Yeah. And she, when the other person had the ball, she would run up to them and go, ah! And shake her arms yeah. and legs. She looked She'd like- make herself bigger. She looked like a crazy monster Muppet. Yeah. And she scared the shit out of them. And they were like, couldn't, and she was the best defensive player ever. She genuinely got some some legitimate steals too because she really knew, she never was, she was never not in motion. So any passing uh, pattern they were trying to set up, she would get in the middle of it and just knock these balls out and did a couple steals. She's the funniest, cutest little kid, but to see this tiny little girl get all like, fluffed up and crazy like she oh, had like man. wild eyes like yeah. she was like what like just it was so exciting but it was also some interesting too because i remember it, it really strikes me again and i'm not saying this as a brag but our daughter is a sporty girl but she doesn't have that weird competitive ego thing in that she is more than happy to pass the ball to someone she knows can sink it there was a girl well, on her she's team she's smart that's why yeah there's a there's a girl on her team that i've known since kindergarten they've been in kindergarten together that i did not realize was going to be the ace um uh offense and shooter this girl was amazing she was just and and, and it was alice was very much about give it to this girl but then i remembered back that's in, just good coaching good coaching but also really good playing but even when she was playing soccer and this was when she's just a you know preschooler running around but there were a couple of kids on the team that were prodigies and what she, kind of prodigies? Like soccer prodigies. They oh. were good for e- for for the tiny little preschoolers they were. They <laughs> knew how there was control and strategy and shooting, and she was very much about give the ball to Violet. I'm not like I want to win. It was just exciting to watch a game, thinking that we we're like, oh shit, we got to go watch this game of Alice's, and normally she doesn't like to, us to watch her play. <sighs> yeah. And it got so exciting. The crowd was crazy. It was nuts. more, ex- it was, a, I've been to so many Laker games. It was, it was, even the energy was even gnarlier. And it was also, again, it was so surreal how the other team 
amazing on defense, very, very aggressive, very aggressive on drives, could not shoot. And I'm not exaggerating this. When I say they would do these amazing drives down the court and then seemingly throw the ball nowhere, I've never seen anything like it where how do you have the skill to dribble and pass and set up like this, and the one thing that will get you points you absolutely cannot do. Hey, what? Patton. What? They're 12. But still, yes, but 12, They, there were people that could, uh, on Alice's team, there were those two girls, I'm not going to name them, that they, they drilled every shot they, they did. They sank everything. Hey, man, whatever. Our team was good. Their team wasn't. And even and even this little girl, the little Tasmanian devil girl. She, that's exactly a, what she's a little Tasmanian devil. She got she got a like a three point three shot. Three pointer from midcourt. And was literally insane. the crowd went wild. Nuts. Cause cause it was one it also felt like the other team, because the other team was so tall, they're like, Oh, she's gonna shoot. This will be adorable. Let her shoot. And she sunk it. Sunk it. <laughs> like, it was what incredible. The hell just happened? Anyway, that was super fun. It was and then afterwards, um, we took our sweaty athletic daughter who had just played four uh four periods of really rough cager ball uh, cager El, ball cager ball to uh to el coyote and she stuffed her face with mexican food and it felt very much like um in the 70s and 80s when i would play I would attempt to play sports and after a game the parents would take you to like pizza hut or shakey's and you get some food you're like yeah i worked hard oh uh, yeah that's it felt cute. really good it did yeah very nostalgic for me Oh, okay. you don't even sneeze properly. You like you keep it in. Yes. It's not good for you. Okay. Anyway. I mean, honestly, like if you're going to sneeze, properly sneeze. Don't like give yourself a heart attack. <laughs> Why do people do that? I think it's more of an aneurysm than a heart attack. Yeah, exactly. Aneurysm. Exactly. Oh my god. You're going to get an aneurysm. Please don't do that. You just learned that I'm going to get an aneurysm. Right. Please. Yeah. All right. Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. I think they probably we're recording that anyway. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's pretty funny. All right. Well, leave it in. Patton gets an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> who, you, there's a lot of people who actually sneeze like that. Yeah. Why do people do that? Don't do that. They're, maybe they're trying to be polite. They don't want to spray they are. Everywhere. They are trying to be polite, but you could also very easily just sneeze into your shirt or into your I arm. Spray mucus all over my chest. Well, there was clearly not a... That's disgusting. It's, it's just what if a, a what if a Chippendale show breaks out and I gotta I gotta drop trow I, I gotta you know I don't want to be all glistening I don't think you drop trow you drop well you rip it off you do those those terrible yeah but pants. then you keep that little thing on underneath I always wear a stripper tearaway pants people don't know that about me that <laughs> it hasn't come up yet but that, when it comes up it hasn't it's come pay up off so hard it hasn't come up in public yet in public yet that is true okay velcro is your friend it is my friend now it's time for did you get our picks we tell you what we like what we really really like yeah tell me what you like what you really really like <laughs> all right um my picks um meredith and i have started watching a show and i know we're very very late to this show i don't care shut up we're busy people Show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. It stars Steve Martin and Martin Short. And, and Selena Gomez, Selena who's so Gomez, cute. Who's really, really good. God, and, and, she's good. And the show is... I like her voice. I'm a big mystery fan, and I just love how... First off, the episodes are just over half an hour long. No, wow. they're like 22 minutes or they're something. Really, but they're just really tight, but are packed... With detail and characterization, and like all, and like all truly great mysteries, it's more about the people trying to solve the crime than it is 
the victim or the motives of the crime. You end up learning so much about uh, these people. Steve Martin and Martin Short play uh, these very classic New York cliff dwellers who are in an apartment complex that they very rarely leave. A fancy apartment. Very fancy. Uh, it, it's kind of based, you can tell it's based on the Dakota. Um, and they, a lot of these buildings, the older ones especially, become these sealed environments, um, uh, sealed social environments, little sealed civilizations. And we're seeing the uh, what, what the effects of that are on the people, on the residents, and how it maybe led to the crime because it's also they go into class differences and generational differences. There's these great throwaway lines. There's one at one point um, when we talked about when they go out for ice cream and I think one of the oh flavors... yeah the ice cream the ice cream that I needed to stop the yes. show to go get ice cream. This is the show. Yeah, but Martin Short says, "Now what flavor is this?" And the guy goes, "It's sea salt and olive oil." And he goes, "When did ice cream turn into hand lotion?" He goes, <laughs> "God, you fucking millennials are so boring." And also, by the way, very it's very surreal watching Martin Short and Steve Martin just casually throwing the F word around. Because um, they're talking like normal people talk when they're frustrated. And you realize, oh, these guys, yeah, these guys are very funny, but they can also do very just serious, terrific acting with each other. And it's really fun to watch. And yes, Selena Gomez is so amazing because she's playing a character that has put up this I could give a shit facade. And the reason that facade is there is because she actually feels very deeply about a lot of stuff and is, I think, kind of afraid of that. Anyway, she's quite good. She's extremely beautiful. And her little voice, it's actually not a little voice. It's a quite, it's like, I love her voice. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, she's really good. I mean, she's, you know. The way she speaks, I like. I mean, clearly I know she's a singer, but but yeah. as an actress, she has a great speaking voice. Yeah, and, and she's doing that thing that a lot of actors do that where they get typecast or they get, they become known for a certain thing. You have to fight to get out of it. You know, Robert Pattinson has had to do that. Elijah Wood, um, and she's doing much the same thing where she's broadening her canvas and doing it, I think, brilliantly. And it, I think we have four episodes left, and, like, so far— I hate this. <clears throat> I hate this. I what? hate how how when a show is good and then it ends, and then you're like, come on, I need, like, 50 more episodes. <laughs> Because, well, like, there's a show called The Great, which just needs more episodes. And there's Succession, which I could watch till the end of time. Yeah. Like, give me a thousand episodes of Succession. Well, the most egregious offender in that category to me is um, uh, Phoebe Waller. Uh, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Her, and Fleabag. In Fleabag. Two that- seasons, six episodes each season. Fuck off. What kind of heroin dealer bullshit is that? Where you hook us that hard and then it's gone and it's never coming back. I mean, that's all you get. That's exactly what it is, heroin deal. But it does, although it is, it is a more even than um, the the original British Office, more than The Wire. It is a truly perfect show. I cannot think of a single flaw in that show, and part of the perfection comes from the fact that it's over before you know it. You're like, this cannot be over. Yeah. This is killing me. I know. That was sort of like The Office with Ricky Gervais in Exactly. The, Brit- the British Office is a perfect show. It's Did perfect. they only do two seasons? Two seasons and one Christmas special. Yeah. How'd the Christmas special go? Because beautiful. usually... Really? It, it's so beautiful the way they end it. Oh. They actually resolve things, but you in know, a fair every way. Every now and then, a Christmas special, Star Wars, will suck. Not the, not the Office one. 
But again, the other thing, getting back to only murders in the building is like, because I'm a big mystery buff and they are playing. I'm a big mystery buff. They're they're playing fair in, in that they're showing you everything you need to know. You just don't know what you're being shown. Right. And I love that they're doing that. That that they're they are, they've worked very very hard to, they've worked backwards from what the actual mystery is, and then also they it's not just characters gathering facts and sorting them. The characters themselves are very flawed and how the mystery gets solved or doesn't get solved is kind of based on their personalities. Yeah, it's a good thing. Do yeah. you have another pick? Um, yes. Uh, not that it's in the same genre, but book-wise, uh, close is, um, I'm finally reading Jean Le Carre's A Legacy of Spies, which is his kind of wrap-up of all of the uh, George Smiley, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, um, Smiley's People, Honorable Schoolboy, that whole era this is now looking back and, and it ties it in with the spy who came in with the cold and it is a wonderful book about memory and aging and also spycraft and what it costs people as humans to be spies and maybe have to betray betray things that they believe in for what they believe is also a bigger truth it's fascinating you i'm such how, a sucker for this you know how um so many spies uh like go undercover and like fall in love with someone mm -hmm. and then at the end they're like I've been a spy all along. This, they're like, was this even real? And uh, that would be hard to like. I mean, I think I'd be a great spy, but I would feel terrible if I actually fell in love with my target. Well, that was that was the whole plot of um, the spy who came in for the cold. That was the, the the flaw at the end. And now, it's now tying back into this book, Legacy of Spies, where we're seeing the repercussions of that and what what is left behind by the people that survive. But I think every want. spy, anyone who has a spy in their movie or book, mm -hmm. the spy always falls in love with the target. Because it's, it, it's a lonely, scary business. And if you find a little bit of warmth in, in, the, in this hall of mirrors that you've willingly put yourself in, uh, you and if you're tend a to good, grab at that. And if you're a good spy, you're really embodying your character. So, I visited, there's a place in D.C., Washington, D.C., called the Spy Museum. And it's a great fascinating museum about the history of spying and there's one part of it where you enter this exhibit and there's a, a, a docent there a man or woman who said would you like to try to um see what it's like to do a, use a cover identity would you like to you're like sure so they so they sit with you they give you your cover identity is your name here's where you're from blah 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 and they go later on someone is you not now but later on someone's going to come and talk to you as your cover identity and see how long you can keep it up oh i'd love and to they'll, do that They'll call you by the cover identity's name. They'll ask you. They'll engage in like the most seemingly random conversation about you know, oh my god, like like if you're if you're a character, if if the person you're playing is from Chicago, mm -hmm. you know, and they come up like that trade today. What are the Cubs doing? You know, and then oh, if man. you go like, I know it's ridiculous, and then they're and they're like. What do you mean it's ridiculous? They're not trading. Like, they've caught, like... Right. And, and by the way, they don't shoot you on the spot. They just go, well, I got to go. And then, but you're like, you're blown. You, you know what I would it. do if that happened? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'm not really into sports. I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> but some of your... But some of your... But, but okay, that's a good cover. That's a good, you know... See, because I'd be a good spy. And, and a lot of it, especially if you read Legacy of Spies, there's a whole sequence where he has to get this woman out of East Berlin. And, and the plan, of course, goes horribly awry and things are going wrong, and he has to just keep improvising, and half of it is just BSing people and going, oh, absolutely don't let us in the embassy. Your boss is going to rip your spine out. It, like, he has to totally keep 
BSing people. When I was little, mm-hmm. my family would go on vacations. Yeah. And our favorite thing to do, I was like, you know, five, mm-hmm. six, seven, yeah. maybe eight, nine, I don't know. My sister and I would get into our little hotel room, which was connected to my parents. You know, you have that little door that connects to your parents. Um, and then on the other side was another room. And my sister and I used to think or pretend we were like spies. And we would take the glass that they leave you. Nice. There's always a glass. And we would like put it against the wall to try to listen mm-hmm. to what's going on in the other room. Did you do that? Yes. And we would Didn't also. Didn't every kid do that? Heck yeah. And also, didn't you used to follow random people around, but not trying to be seen being fo- following them? One time I, and this is. <laughs> When I was little, I used to test my acting ability. So I remember <laughs> that I went to a Hello Kitty store with some of my friends. Yeah. And How old were you? Oh, teenager. Wow. I was like, I don't know, 15? Mm-hmm. Maybe parents dropped us off at the mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was with like five of my friends. Everybody was buying stuff. But like... I would like look around to see if there were security cameras and then I would pretend to shoplift. I would take, like not take anything, but mm-hmm. put my hand and pretend and then like look around really suspiciously and then I'd like shove it in my coat oh my to God. just like, I really wanted to get caught and How? then be like, I didn't shoplift, I just tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> were you ever caught? I, no, oh, never. Wow. And I'm like, that sucks. That's good. I know, but... That's, I would have liked to have had the opportunity to be like, A, I didn't shoplift, B, good eye, and yeah. C, how, what a good actress am I. <laughs> You'd be really good at doing the um, uh, the pass where, when it, people have to pass in the street. and one, So one has to give the other person either a piece of microfilm or a code, something like that, but you can't be seen doing it. Honey, I think you and I really need to do a show where we play spies. I want to bring back Heart to Heart, and it's you and me. And you're well, not they were the... PIs. They weren't spies. Whatever. That energy... And I don't want you being the Lionel Standard part. I want you to be the. I want to be Lionel Standard. No, I want you to be the Robert Wagner part. Oh God! You keep underselling your cool, sexy spy. No, I keep embracing who I am. Oy vey! Um, Do you have another pick or no? Uh, No, those are my two picks this week. Well, then that was a great episode. That was really great, Um, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we'll see you. Actually, we won't. We'll let you hear us next yeah. week. And uh, and we're going to go get Meredith a donut now. So thank you. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm-hmm. Starbanks Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.